three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I'm Mark. And I'm Josh. Good morning, Mark. Good early morning. Dear Lord. This is your, like, smooth jazz voice. Yes. 98.6. A bit phlegmy. A little phlegmy. It's a little cold. Mm -hmm. And it's a little early. It is, but you know I need my gray days. I need need fog. Yeah. What about you? I love a good early morning. I have the Uh most energy in the morning. Yeah. But if I miss some things today, it's because the brain's not firing yet. Right, I get it. But we're here. We are here. And we're back. Mm-hmm. We're back to say, see you soon. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You and I are spending more time together, and we have less time to available. Re- to record. Yeah. I know. Definitely a ball drop. Yeah. Well, I think uh, next year, right? It's been a bit of a disaster. Well, I don't know if disaster, but... Well, transition, mm-hmm. new stuff... A lot of life going on. I caught a disease <laughs> that we can't mention so that we don't get shadow banned. Uh, that put us out for a little bit. Yeah. But I don't understand how your weak immune system prevents me. You could have did a solo show. I should have done it solo. There's nothing that scares me more than doing a solo podcast. Do you ever listen to someone who does it by themselves? No. I think that's a lot of pressure. I, uh, need, a, I need a foil. Yeah, because I think I've got a lot of really clever things to say but you need the instant y- you need, instant reaction yeah you need the the counterplay yeah i listen to a couple people who do it by themselves and i'm very impressed like it's it's just them really? it's just talking into a, an empty room but they do a good job that's fantastic yeah not for me yeah no, so you're, I'm, you're I'm a team gl- player yeah i'm glad that we're here me too and i've been a little busy recently oh gosh it is the best time yes it is world cup time oh Yay! <laughs> it's been so fun. It's a little bit out of the ordinary, right? November World Cup, November, December. Okay. Typically, this is reserved for the summer. But we're going to talk about reasons why we couldn't do that. Okay, and um, just so we're clear, in the immortal words of Michael Scott, you're going to have to explain it to me like I'm five. I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. And so that's what we thought we would do for this episode, very timely. Yes. Instantly, this is being recorded on uh, Tuesday. No, when, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, the day. Tuesday. Yeah, and we have games today. Yeah, December 13th. Yes, so this is uh, for the semis. We have Argentina and Croatia playing today. So just for a little timetable and for where this is all at. And so that, we're almost there. We only have four left. And is that expected? Expected. I mean, I, I don't follow oh. soccer, so is, are those two teams oh, yeah. expected to no, go pretty this good. far? Isn't Croatia a, a war-torn Croatia is surprisingly does well in these tournaments. Interesting. Yeah. So we have Croatia, Argentina, France, and Morocco. So those are our four that are left. So just so okay. the, the fans know where we kind of are. Now, who's the underdog? Morocco, for sure. Not even close. Okay. But not a poor nation. No, but if they're, they're not known Got for it. their superstars. Okay. So I'm Team Morocco. I think you should be. Okay. Go Morocco. Yeah. Well, we thought we would cover this, number one, because, you know, it's happening right now live. And because Mark is a huge football fan. Massive. Massive. And also, there's some interesting things there. There is. In fact, I'm even paying attention now. This is why I like it. Mm-hmm. So I do love, I enjoy a good casual fan. I have a hard time with their takes. <laughs> right? Makes it really hard when someone's going to tell me uh-huh. what they thought a team should do or how they thought a team played. Well, I just love the, uh, the, the fabric 
they're using this year. I love the jerseys. Sure, the colors. There's that one guy. He has really cool hair. Yep. Yeah. I'm okay with those takes. Mm -hmm. It's when you think, oh, man, how is it that this team beat this team? I'm like, well, I've been... I can tell you over the last five years why this team should have won. And that is the basis of competition. Absolutely. This is what happens. Yeah. This is why you stay, stay in your lane, yep. but enjoy it while it's here. Mm -hmm. So we're talking FIFA. FIFA. We're talking World Cup. Mm -hmm. We're talking... Qatar? Questionable decisions. Questionable. Now, we've done a, an episode already on the Olympics. Yes. Right? And whether or not it's a good idea for everyone to have an opportunity to host. And, but not everyone does have an opportunity. Correct. But this was a very questionable decision. Correct. And we want, kind of want to dive into some of the things that are happening here, but also just sort of, you know, if you're not watching, kind of enlighten you mm -hmm. on uh, what this does to the landscape of the world. Uh, so, if people are interested, uh -huh. new Netflix doc, FIFA Uncovered, I think it's three or four episodes. Four episodes. It's good. Mm-hmm. My word of caution is if you are not interested in the history of the corruption of FIFA, <laughs> don't watch the first episode because you'll yeah. tune out. But I will say there are the, the nuances of a story. I've always been a little disappointed in the hallmark version of a story. You know, it's very algebraic. Um, so to understand FIFA and the World Cup in Qatar didn't just happen one day. No, that's true. There were I mean, decades of decisions and yeah. lack of transparency that led to what a lot of people think is a questionable choice. Right, and I do like full stories, so I mean, it is worth going back. This is not a new conversation that people are having now. However, it sort of is like you just turn the high beams on, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you can just see it a lot more clearly mm -hmm. from high what beams. it was before. You should. We should trademark that one. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything else, but I you thought, know, I don't I, know, fog. I take it back. I think high beams is is a is a term that we probably shouldn't use. Okay. All but, right. Well. But the visual, I get it. Did so you that's know, available. Did you know that Qatar is in the Persian Gulf? I did. I didn't know that. Where did you think it was? I thought it was. Well, I thought it was near Kuwait. Which oh, it is. Well, I mean, you're close in the Persian Gulf, but I didn't realize Kuwait was there. Oh, I thought you were going to say something stupid. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. As, as a as a teacher of geography, if you can place it anywhere, okay. Well, and now that I know that Qatar is by Abu Dhabi, which has the new Gulf, and just makes all the money in it, the world, it's starting to make a lot more sense. So let's talk about where do you want to start? Let's Sir, go with let's let's go with location. Okay. So for those people who don't know, the decision for who is going to host the World Cup. It happens years in advance. Uh, 2015. Yeah, this is this is not something that happens new because you have to have preparations for this. Uh, and if it's going to be in Qatar, a lot of preparation. A ton. And so typically what happens is countries will start putting in for bids decades early, decade early. Wow. So you'll start trying to apply because, again, it's only every four years, so you're not getting this chosen every single year. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out how to manage the infrastructure, you have to have time. Fair so enough. prior to the announcement of Qatar, which we'll get into like why that's so crazy, they had one stadium. Qatar. Yeah. Okay. One stadium was built. One stadium is not enough. No. You need somewhere around like 10. And again... To function properly. And like similar uh, Olympic venues, once these stadiums are built... 
there has to be a function. There should be. A purpose after the Correct. event. Correct. Uh -huh. And for more on that, visit our Olympic episode <laughs> to see what happens when you don't have a function for them. Upsell. Yeah. So they had one prior to, which means they have a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. So first things first, thinking about where Qatar is at, located, we can't have it in you can't the, do it in the summer. summer. No. Every day-ish is 110 plus. I didn't know that. Yeah, can't have it, right? Okay. Too hot. Can't play there. So we got to find a new time. So what they decide to do is they move it to November, December, mm -hmm. which for the, for the casual fan, no harm, no foul. But for a lot of the leagues, especially the European leagues, you are in not only the busiest season, mm -hmm. but you are halfway through the domestic leagues that are taking place. So you are, in a sense, shutting down Mm -hmm. the domestic leagues wow. for this world competition. Which means you're shutting down revenue. Exactly. Okay. You're shutting down tons of revenue, not only for the stadium, but for the cities. Of course. As people move in, as you know, a lot of these businesses depend, the pubs, a lot of the shops, yeah. I mean, restaurants, hotels, everyone's depending on this. So you just shut that down in some of the most tourist-dependent nations in Europe. Right. That's number one. Number two is these teams who are worth – all the money in the world, mm -hmm. just sent their best players to go represent their country mm -hmm. in which they can get hurt, mm -hmm. in which things can happen, which could absolutely ruin their domestic chances of winning a championship. Got it. Which also is going to hurt revenue, which is also going to be a massive risk. And the risk to reward ratio is not great for them. See, and what already talking about the World Cup, we're not talking about soccer. We're, no, it's much bigger than no, that. No, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar... It's a global industry. ...interconnected global industry. For sure. And so having this in November, December is just insane. But we were, but FIFA was willing to do it. Yeah, so we get it moved. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is we have no infrastructure. You have to be able to house about a million people Ooh. during the World Cup. That's a lot. Now, I'm, and I'm assuming Qatar is a... a um, there isn't a nice bell curve of economic distribution. No. You, you've got the super wealthy. Yeah. And, and then the rest. Everybody else. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have enough places to put them. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough places for them to land. The airport isn't big enough. We have to construct <laughs> a new airport. Uh -huh. We have to construct new hotels, new facilities. Locals are encouraged to rent out their house. Okay. I mean, so I, I, this, this sort of. Um, Reminds me of a term I saw on that FIFA show, that, that sports washing. Did, did you see that, that uh -huh. term? So it becomes an economic incentivizer for anybody in the area. I mean, if you want to sell corn dogs on the, on the street corner, you're going to make a fortune. Sure. If you want to rent out your garage, you're Well, this make is money. the people who were renting out the favelas mm -hmm. in Brazil for large sums of money when it's, it's a makeshift house. Right. But people will... Spend the money to do it. And it is bizarre that both the Olympics and the World Cup, I was just looking up, um, there have been a lot of... Follow. Not, huh? Follows. Follows, but also just, you know, we had the, we had the Olympics uh, in China. We, uh, we've had the World Cup in Brazil, South America, Russia. South Africa, Russia. Russia. Um, and it really does seem to put a strain. Now, who pays for this? Qatar? 
So you have a lot of investors, you have a lot of groups that come in, but the government is going to put together these infrastructure projects in the hopes mm -hmm. that what the revenue brings in will cover the cost of everything that's taking place. And with infrastructure, you now have the potential to grow sure. your population. And, or and grow economically. Yeah. Just in general. Got it. You know, hey, we needed these roads, but now we really need these roads. So is World, so is, is World Cup location really about soccer, or has it become a way to spread the wealth of the world? Well, this is their whole idea, right? If you watch the documentary, they talk about wanting to get it on African soil. Mm -hmm. They talk about wanting to move the game, to give countries opportunities, to give areas of the world different opportunities. The question that we asked, and the one that we asked in our Olympics episode as well, is just because you can, should you? Right. And what Qatar has sort of proven is that this is a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. And what will be the huge difference that we see is what happens at the next World Cup that's a combination of Canada, U.S., and Mexico. So North America hosts the next World Cup. North America? Yeah, so it's split amongst three countries. Okay, but one continent. One continent, lots of stadiums. Interesting. All already built. Okay. So we don't need the infrastructure. But as you're talking, the, the one thing you haven't mentioned is hashtag sustainability. For sure. The World Cup flies counter to sustainability. For the most part. Yeah. And I think these massive, most of these massive competitions do. Uh -huh. We're talking about a price tag of about $229 billion. Wow. To, you couldn't round up? No, $229. <laughs> okay. This is 16 times more than what Russia had to pay. Whoa. That's huge. Now, are, is there an audit? Are there people who go no, in? No, these are all sort of rough estimate numbers. Got it. People, I don't think, want to reveal real mm -hmm. numbers because obviously no one likes to be in the red. Mm -hmm. And no one really wants to follow that money. Right. Again, sort of paper trail type stuff. And we're going to get into kind of the shadiness of how a lot of these things are I done. I was curious if all the money got spent exactly as it was supposed to be spent. Yeah. I mean, is there an easier way to launder money? Uh, art. Than, <laughs> <laughs> than this massive piece here. Now, a big, huge sort of like red flag should have been the climate zone here. They say that the cost for this, like one of the main, like a third of the cost, uh -huh. had to go into putting AC systems in these stadiums. Not only for the people, but for the grass. You're joking. We're no. air conditioning the grass? We're air conditioning the grass. <laughs> so the grass was taken from Georgia. Shouts to America. Okay. So grass seed was taken, was grown on plantations. Whoa, whoa. Can we just call it grass farms? Plantation style. Okay. Large scale, one crop farming, also known as plantations. M Monocropping, okay. Yeah. And you have to have certain types of air condition. You have to have it at a certain temperature. It's insane. And if you look at these, these are industrial size air conditioning units that are pumped into all of these stadiums. And are, are they? They're all enclosed then. Yes. Okay. I think they. I think they are, I but I haven't seen any views from the top. I haven't. Either. So I don't know. Maybe they're open. I mean, how do you air condition grass with an open top? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Now we have to find people to build these. I'm sure Qatar is full of. Not many people Hun at all, <laughs> because it's very tiny. So I'm assuming we've got folks coming in from all over the world. Yeah, which this is a big thing. So this is pretty typical for a lot of these big programs, and actually just employment in the Middle East in general. 
So they have what they call the kafala system. Kafala. So the kafala system is translated into the word sponsorship. Mm. So you can already see where this is going. Mm-hmm. So countries like India, Nepal, and Bangladesh supplied over 100,000 em- employees to build these stadiums over the past decade. And they got paid. And they did get paid. However, kafala, meaning sponsorship, means that you have employees that are going to sponsor you to come over. Oh. To get into the sponsorship program, you have to pay between $1,000 and $2,000. Got it. So you put up all the money up front. Mm-hmm. They get you a travel visa. They bring you over. The problem is this is sort of like a modern day. It's it's way too early. It sounds Uh, like like human trafficking. Kind of. Pay to play. I mean, because don't doesn't the same thing happen with people crossing our southern border? Yes. You pay to cross. Um, What what am I trying to say? I don't know. Not slavery. Too far because they are getting paid. Right. But what was it called when you came over? Indentured servitude. Gosh. I'm the science teacher. Way too early. (laughs) So it's like indentured servitude. Yes. So they hold you. You cannot quit. You cannot go back home. They hold your exit visa. And you are basically under their control. Okay. Hey, sounds good. Well, I mean, (laughs) okay. You're not painting. Again, we haven't. We we're not talking about soccer. We're talking about the system. Yeah. Hey, you ready for the? I don't like it. You want to know how much they make? How much? Two hundred and twenty dollars a month. Oh, but how long have they been? How long will they be there? Until the job is done. Which could be a decade. Yep. And uh, which housing? is is this improvement over what they That's get at what home? That's what I was going to ask. Yes. Because I know a couple married guys who would take that deal. <laughs> but is that? Okay, because it's more than you make in India. Uh, well, and that goes into equity. Right, and, it's and an exploitation of labor. It is complete exploitation. Uh, you do get housed. Okay. You get housed in these uh, brick buildings. Yeah. There was about, from the images and stuff that I saw, about eight to ten people in a room, mm-hmm. just bunk beds. Think like the worst summer camp you've ever had. Or, or how our military is housed yeah. overseas, or very, in submarines and ships. Yeah, very similar. So there's no minimum wage. At when this first started. Mm -hmm. They have since made reforms because they got called out on a global scale. But at the beginning, there wasn't. So when I say 220 a month, this isn't like 220 a month like on a computer in an air-conditioned room. Right. You are outside in the heat, and you are moving. Right. So no union jobs. No. The union is not there. Which would explain why we're not building stadiums for the American Exactly. World Cup. Oh, it'd be so expensive. Yeah, too expensive. Yeah. So in 2016, 17, and 18, they were called out for some of these reform movements that they had to do with this kafala system. There have been claims that the kafala system was abolished. People can leave now. Oh, you can leave whenever you want. Uh, The problem is, is we have thousands of deaths on site, and they've all, almost all been reported as natural causes. Really? You know how that goes. Well, I mean, I understand construction site accidents, but when you say thousands of deaths. Yeah. So human rights uh, organizations are like, that's absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. There's no compensation. So not only did you lose your your husband Mm -hmm. or your father, who was probably your primary breadwinner, Mm -hmm. he's not coming home now. He is. He was sending money because two twenty a month is good money. Yeah. But now you don't have someone to help you with that. And so families are completely being torn apart. We're over, I think, 6,000 deaths total since 2010. To build the Qatar? Uh Uh Uh-huh. Dear, good. I mean, well, 
Yeah, I can't wrap my head around. No, that. it's a bad there, look. There's no justification. It's for a bad it. look. So they come out. They say that they're making all these reforms. So here are some of their reforms. You, they will not allow you to work during the hottest couple hours of the day. Which, which would be what? 120? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so th- very small pieces. Yeah. Like they said, the exit visas are there. But again, this is appealing work for a lot of people. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that they will spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to air condition the grass. Yeah. But yet instead you're of saying a human right. as an animal. Or instead of saying, hey, maybe we just can't have this here. Yeah, but that's not fair. That's not fair. And I'm pretty sure uh, money changed hands yeah. to make sure it Well, happened. listen, the United States was up for that bid as well. Oh, okay. And we lost out to Qatar. So they looked at both situations. And it was, and, was it only the and two? And they said, you know what logically makes way more sense? <laughs> Qatar in November. Do you believe, however, will, will World Cup in Qatar in any way improve the geo-social, economic, political world in the Middle East? Yes. Okay. So this is, this is one of the benefits, is that we are now drawing attention to a lot of the issues in the Middle East. This is the same thing that happened in Brazil. Mm. We, we started getting news cameras there. We started reporting on things, and people started seeing what life was like outside of Olympic Village. People are now seeing kind of what life is like outside of the infrastructure that is the World Cup. And Got so it. we're bringing in, I, you know, like I said, didn't have minimum wage before, didn't have a lot of worker rights, didn't have a lot of human rights the problem with Qatar is what they're dealing with is what they say does not extend to what they do. Mm-hmm. So Qatar has said, we're very welcoming. We accept everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool, but you're also not allowing teams, players to represent personal views right. about sexuality, even in terms of politics, some politics even, even in sense some sort of et- and ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. There, are, there have been a lot of violent attacks that have taken place over in Qatar. And what's interesting is I've gone looking for some of this news. It's not as prevalent as it would have been if it was in America. Correct. And this is, this is one of the issues with mainstream media and with the amount of money that exists, not only in Qatar, but also mm-hmm. exists in the World Cup, is you are not going to find a lot of those you know, things that would get swept under the rug. Right. Because it buy- because it, it, it doesn't, it's not a good look. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, it's not a good look. Qatar paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to have this. I mean, there are stories in the documentary about, you know, guys showing up to hotel rooms the night before the vote with just envelopes of cash. Yeah. And th- this isn't something that's new. No. And that's... And it says, hey, use this for soccer. <laughs> Which is why it's Which in is, unmarked bills. Yeah, and hint, hint. Mm-hmm. When you vote tomorrow, so but this this I see how a good thing has been polluted. Um, one of the reasons soccer is is the world sport is because it's something that you can play and do with rel- with relatively little resource. Sure, hockey, football, basketball requires a lot. Requ- but all you need is, and I've even seen kids make soccer balls out of something that's not even a ball garbage yeah tape and so the resilience the 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 community the camaraderie the athleticism um it does allow the entire world to come together and yet still fifa makes sure that there's soccer it's not even soccer it's fifa royalty yeah and a lot of these guys you know they are 
richer than you can imagine. Yeah. The ones that are really heavily involved that are making these decisions are not out on the field. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing anything and everything they can to hold power. There's some, cor- there's corruption in the in the uh, elections, and some of them never even played soccer. Of course, that's what I thought was so oh, crazy. So great, the fact that they yeah, and it makes total sense when you mm-hmm. watch this and you're like, well, this wouldn't happen if you actually played. Right. So I mean, all of these things are kind of happening, and the 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 really tough part is it requires a lot of sort of your due diligence while you're there. And so I imagine in the next couple years, much like we saw after Brazil mm-hmm. and after Russia, you're going to start getting a lot more stories that are coming out but i mean we're talking you know disappearances we're talking death we're talking the the reporter that just died and then there's a second one yeah so in a lot of it you know i don't want to speculate on rumors and stuff but i it's just going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out i i don't ever trust anything in terms of how much do you plan on making how much did you actually bring in how much did you really spend? Because I don't think that any of those numbers uh, are accurate. Right. Now, what they say is that this should bring in $17 billion. To what? Qatar? FIFA? Yeah. I think to Qatar. Okay. Well, you, you spent 229 yeah. you're, you're bringing back 17 Well, And, 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 are, and are you going to have a need for this size airport after it's gone? Well, uh, and, and maybe they will, but back to... If we shouldn't have had the World Cup in Qatar because of its climate zone, I have to imagine any additional growth, whether it be tourism or industry, um, is going to require a lot of money, air conditioning, maintaining water water purification. Um, That part of the world isn't supposed to have that many people there. No, it's really tough to to do, but you know, you just hired all these people to work in these hotels. Mm-hmm. They set up these like massive tents that you can rent out that just look absolutely awful. And the worker lives in the tent. Well, the, you could rent it out to stay there. Oh wow! Now, what is a little bit interesting, and this is the first time this has happened, one of the stadiums in Qatar is meant to be disassembled. So it was actually built. Think of it like Legos. Got it. Like, we should be able to take this down in pieces, mm-hmm. and we should be able to move it. I love the creativity. Okay. Sustainable, it's not. Where are you, where are you going to put it? <laughs> yeah, where do you store it? I mean, are we just going to start sending U-Hauls out to these new locations no, and I'm taking sure pieces? I'm K- sure Qatar's got one of them tough sheds. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's going to require a ton of space. But it's an interesting idea. Sure. Temporary over permanent. We saw what happened in Greece. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened in Brazil. That, like you said, maintaining these is over fifty thousand dollars a year just to maintain the stadium. And what are you gonna do when you're done? Qatar doesn't exactly have a ton of other sports. Mm-mm. No, I mean, what, bullfighting. Also, or? not to mention, Qatar is the very first nation to host the World Cup to lose all three of their group stage games. Oh, and that's a bad thing. Well, you don't want to lose right. all of your games. See, and that's interesting. So you're not exactly a strong soccer nation. Right, but but it sounds like you can pay to get the World Cup there, but you can't pay for your team to win. Now, it's again, not, not a rumor mill. No, no, I'm, no, no. But there have been al- allegations of Qatar paying off some of the Ecuadorian players in their first game to throw the match. Really? Now, it didn't work, okay. or you didn't pay enough of them, Golly. but... There's definitely some shadiness. Mm-hmm. Now, all that to be said, you lost all three of your games. To me, is poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Two, what are you going to do with all these stadiums when you're done? Mm-hmm. And how is this going to help transform tourism 
when every story that is getting reported, really just on Twitter, because mm-hmm. you're not going to get this from the mainstream, is about the restrictions on people's freedoms, mm-hmm. the laws, the tradition, sort of traditional sense that you have there. There's no alcohol at the World Cup. Interesting. Men are not allowed to be with women that are not their wives. So all of these players are like, ugh. <laughs> well, what are we doing? What are we doing for fun? No groupies, huh? Yeah. So I I don't know that this is going to be enough. Um, yeah. This is question. Could this have been a giant Trojan horse for global politics? Let's allow Qatar by any means to get the World Cup. We are going to expose primarily the wealthy. Uh, because I, I believe Islam is the is the dominant religion, religion. and I know in, in in Western spheres, you know, we just like we painted the communist Russians bad. Sure. And, um, so what if we allow the world into Qatar? We see all of the uh, all all the components of a of a backwards culture that we don't care for, and then maybe the Western society wants to infuse uh, their woke sustainable, whatever. And one by one, we start seeing these communities fall. Because for Qatar to even get any of its money back as a nation, they would have to open up to tourism. Exactly. Well, here's what I think you are going to see. There are people just licking their lips, waiting in the wings to come in and help a wounded Qatar after this is over. All that money in the UAE, mm-hmm. all of the money in China, bricks, all of the money, all of these big mm-hmm. investors are going to say, oh, we'll come in and save that mm-hmm. at the exploitation, most likely, of the people that are living in Qatar. Right. And, and as someone who sees things through a, sometimes a more political lens, uh, I would imagine America will not be in that. Uh, I don't think so. I think there's room. too many local players mm-hmm. and players who 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 are going to benefit more mm-hmm. from that, you know, I think than what the United States is. The the big contrast, like I said, is going to be what does this look like for the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Now, even in Qatar, there wasn't enough uh, housing. And so they encouraged people. One of the reasons why they built these big uh, this big airport was to shuttle people in and invite them to stay in neighboring countries. Oh, my. Which is interesting. Yeah. But you look at the United States and North America – we have three continents. That, that, that's a lot of land area to cover. Yeah. So what you're going to get is more of a, hey, I'm going to this game. Yeah. Or I'm staying in Canada. I don't think you're going to get a lot of, oh, I'm staying in Canada. Now I'm staying in the U.S. And then mm-hmm. I'm also flying to Mexico. So you're going to get a little more localized, I think, mm-hmm. in the next World Cup that we see. Uh, but I, I'm very interested to see what the cost to revenue ratio is because, of course, it's a way more developed country totally so what are the prices going to look like well again with airbnb and verbo yeah you'll have people renting out their homes but not having to pay for stadiums yeah because we've already spent the money on those stadiums and who's really going to come out on top well and when qatar has to spend x amount to get the world cup and then what did what did the north america group have to pay to get it here i mean do you have do you just bid or do you, pay? you just bid interesting yeah okay the payment part comes with when you get it when you shouldn't so the next world cup is 2026 yes 
Got it. North America. Got I will it. be there. Really? Oh, I'm going to a game. You're joking. No. I'll pay whatever it takes. Whatever? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we can get a sponsor. That would be great. Yeah. Maybe there'll be one in Fresno. There's not. <laughs> but there is one in uh, the 49er Stadium. Okay. So I'll be going to that game. Good to know. A game. The hard part is you don't know what you're going to. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Well, I, I am excited to know that at some point you get to go to a World Cup game. I'm so excited. And I hope who, – who's your team? I don't even know who your team is. Uh, so, obviously, USA. Got it. Uh, but realistically, England is my favorite, and they just got knocked out. Did they? That's okay. So, you were pleased then when England and America went 0-0. Yeah, that was great. That was the best that way was the to go. Be- that, everyone wins. Okay. I'm happy on both sides. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're happy. Thanks. Um, I do feel a bit icky, though. Soccer, soccer is still a great sport, but FIFA seems to be the dirty underbelly. I don't know what's more corrupt, the Olympic Committee or FIFA. Uh, well, are I, they learning from each other? They must be. And, yeah. and the bigger something gets, obviously sure. the lack of transparency and the more corruption is potential. Um, I, uh, I will be watching from this point on the rest of this World Cup thing, totally going for Team Morocco. Are they the ones with the... The Fez. Yep. They've got the little hat. and Yeah, and, and, and all the, their fans usually show up. In Fezes? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Fez I. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Well, you have uh, you have definitely enlightened me. I hope you've enlightened our listeners. Well, it was a great up. Good World Cup. Yeah. And uh, we will be taking a break until January. Mm-hmm. This will be our last episode. Yes. And then uh, hopefully starting next year with more free time for both of us. Uh well, with the World Cup over, I'll have nothing but time. Nothing but time. Okay. Well, yeah. you heard it, folks. World Cup's more important than us. <laughs> hey, uh, you've enlightened us about World Cup. Can you enlighten us with words of wisdom? Yeah. So this is going to come from Seth Blatter, which I, again, encourage you all <laughs> to uh, watch the FIFA Uncovered doc. Very wise man. Listen, here's what he says. We cannot constantly supervise everybody that is in football. That's impossible. So, <laughs> hey. What are we going to do? Well done. What are we going to do? Yeah. So, shouts to that. Josh, hope you have a great holiday season, buddy. Yeah, you too as well. All of our listeners as well. Enjoy time off with your families, friends. We'll see y'all 2023. Yes. Yep.